Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Bruce Jenner, greatest athlete in the world. Are you old enough to remember the Montreal Olympic Games in 1976? I do, and it was awesome. And about 15 years ago, I got to meet Bruce Jenner, and that was pretty awesome. Like Bruce a lot. More recently, I met Caitlyn Jenner. Caitlyn, uh, I like Caitlyn. Caitlyn actually has a lot to say about a lot of things. We're pretty... We're pretty laid back, actually, in America, uh, in a lot of ways, and very open-minded. In fact, Caitlyn Jenner was invited, and she accepted an invitation to speak at the Republican National Convention in 2016. She voted for Trump. In fact, she said it was harder to come out as a Republican than it was to come out as trans, believe it or not. America is not how they say. MAGA is not how they say. RuPaul. You know RuPaul? has a daytime show, a nighttime show, a game show, RuPaul. And at night, RuPaul dresses differently, like this. One of the most beloved entertainers in America. We're laid back, open-minded. We are not like they say we are. We've seen over 250 anti-LGBTQ bills proposed this year. Over half of them are targeting our trans community. We um, need our leaders to you know, stop this irresponsible dehumanization of the LGBTQ community. They have to stop literally demonizing, as in making demons out of uh, the LGBTQ community. This is lies. This is extort distortion. This is fear mongering. No one's demonizing uh, the transgender community for simply being transgender. This, however, has gotten our attention. Messing with children, transgender, cross-dressing, whatever you want to do post 18. Why do they want to be with children? What's happening here? I think actually, I figured it out. I got a great big clue, because I've been wondering actually about that shooter. This is Audrey Hale, the Nashville school shooter, a few years ago, back when she apparently was happy and healthy. At least it appears that way. And then more recently, a bit confused, maybe conflicted. And then a murderous maniac in a school killing children. How did that happen? How do you go from that to that? Now, it's Audrey Hale's responsibility. This is a country and this is a world and we are a human race and there is free will. At the same time, though, there are some very powerful forces at work and vulnerable people are getting swept up. There is a false sense of oppression that is being promoted and being disseminated to gain political power and to gain money. 
Oh yeah, money is a major, major factor here. You've heard, of course, of the LGBTQIA community. You hear about it every day, all day long. Um, but the Q and the I and the A, I don't know what the I and the A and the plus are, by the way. Most people don't, uh, but that's relatively new. I do remember 10 years ago, 12 years ago, when none of that applied. It was just LGB, the LGB community. It's even hard to say, but that's what folks used to say. Listen to this. We were the go-to LGB authority. The commission has also found that discrimination against lesbian, gay, and bisexual individuals. LGB students are two times more likely to be bullied than heterosexual students. Okay, LGB. I remember that. You may as well, although actually it hasn't been said in such a long time because it's all about LGBTQIA+. Now, what happened? Well, back in 2015, the lesbian, gay, and bisexual community, uh, equal marriage, the Supreme Court approved it, right? There's a marriage in America, equality of marriage. It's, uh, and it was a great moment. I don't have a problem with it, quite frankly. I know some people do, but hey, okay, fine. And the media... They went bananas over it, and why not? You cannot imagine the roar of this crowd when it became evident the first decision the court was going to announce today was the landmark ruling that this crowd has been waiting for. You can hear the cheer in the crowd, a very dramatic moment here, a 5-4 decision written by Justice Anthony Kennedy. This is a, a total victory for the advocates of same-sex marriage. It was a ruling decades in the making. Hard-fought victory for the right to marry, guaranteed in a landmark decision that emphasized equality for gays and lesbians. Total victory, the guy said. Total victory. And in America, you can get married if you're gay. You can join the military being gay. Oh, by the way, that they used to say that that was an advantage, being gay. You didn't get married and you didn't join the military. But uh, total victory. You won! Now what? Wait a second. Because there are very powerful interest groups who raise money off of issues that appeal to the LGB community, but the LGB community already got everything they need, so we have to change it. We have to up it, right? Right. President Obama reaffirming his commitment to the fight with the LGBT community. And this was aimed specifically at members of the LGBT community. It's a very clear message about protecting uh, the rights of uh, the LGBT community worldwide. All right, LGBT, LGBT. Thing is, there aren't that many T's, actually. Very, very, very small percentage. So you got to throw a few other things in there. The QIA plus part we were talking about. Still, very, very few. Uh, and look, now you can do everything. You can, you can get married, join the military. You can do all those things. So how do you keep this going? How do you raise money? How do you feel aggrieved? You somehow involve kids. And you try to make children... You try to make children and their exposure to LGBTQIA plus somehow a matter of civil rights. How do you do that? I mean, that's kind of tricky, right? Kids, kids are children. Kids are kids. <laughs> Nothing about sexuality they should be exposed to, right? Certainly not without the permission of their parents. But if you object, what will they accuse you of?
The trans community just did not become under attack recently. The community has been under attack at every level for years. Basically eradicating transgenderism from public life clearly is what is on the agenda. The politician who said transgenderism needs to be eradicated. Of course, that scares me. Yes, that scares me. And people like J.K. Rowling need to stop because my people are dying because of her. She is killing us. Your people, our people, American citizens, citizens of the world. If you happen to be T, at least in this country, you can do whatever you want, except this, except indoctrinate children. That's the issue we have. And they pretend it's something else. But how you, the vitriol, the aggression on their part, it intimidates people and they comply and they're fooled. Can you believe, it's still hard to believe, that thousands of employees of Walt Disney walked off the job over that uh, allegedly don't say gay bill in Florida, which just meant that substitute teachers shouldn't be talking about sex with third graders. Could any reasonable person have a problem with that? Of course not. And Audrey Hale, apparently we don't know the full story yet, but the police have said that they're working off the theory that gender identity played a big role in this crime. She couldn't find purpose and meaning in the transgender experience because it's not about that. Life is not about that. Life is not about your genitalia or your gender identity. But there are so many people who will sign you up for surgery or sign you up for a new lifestyle. A doctor once said it this way. Picture ballet dancers. And one of them goes to see the doctor and says, Doctor, I'm 95 pounds, but I must be 83 pounds. I am so fat. We call that anorexia. That's a disorder. You need help. You need food and maybe some psychological help. But the way it works in the transgender world, well, okay, you think you're a, you think you're a girl? Let's go ahead and set you up with surgery. Let's go ahead and put you on life-altering hormonal puberty blockers, whatever, stuff that is untested and dangerous because you say you need it. Instead of looking for a real fix, something permanent, something wholesome, something that actually works. I saw this just a few minutes ago, and uh, I think that we have a major problem that's getting worse by the second. This is from Canada, right next door, and is coming to a network near you. Why are you nervous? But I met, like, I've never met anyone that's not. I, don't, I can't really explain. Is this your first time seeing a drag queen? Yes. How does that make you feel? Uh, a fight it, but a little bit nervous. I'm a little bit nervous. I've never seen a drag queen before. <laughs> and what do you think? I think it's cool. It's great? Yeah. Why are you nervous? I don't know. It's just different, it's different and yeah. new. Okay. Yeah. Do you think that boy can wear makeup? Yes. And would you agree that makeup is for everyone? Yeah. Yeah? Where do you buy your drag clothes? <sighs> this is a, I bought this at Value Village, secondhand. I make a lot of it, and sometimes I'll buy things secondhand and I'll alter them to make them more drag. I think we got to call the Canadian Mounties. This looks like a crime to me, actually. It does. 
And that's the Canadian government, isn't it? The, the CBC? So they yell and scream and shout to give them cover to do things like this. It's dangerous, obviously, isn't it? And you know who um, had a big role in all of this? Barack Obama. Absolutely. This man elevated victimhood. He wrote it all the way to the White House, actually, in a certain way. Do you remember the beer summit back in 2009? Let's talk about that for a moment, because I think that was a pivotal um, shift in American life. So Professor Gates, prominent uh, academic at Harvard University, well-respected, uh, went on a business trip and uh, some seminar somewhere. He goes home to Cambridge, Massachusetts, and he has to break into his own house because he forgot his key. Some neighbor, who happened to be Hispanic, by the way, called the police because they didn't recognize Professor Gates and it looked like he was breaking into the house. Well, he got into an argument with the cops and they took him in because he said some pretty vile, awful things. It became a national story because Barack Obama wanted to make it one. He had no idea what he was talking about and he shouldn't have said anything, but he did. Recently, Professor Henry Lewis Gates Jr. was arrested at his home in Cambridge. What does that incident say to you, and what does it say about race relations in America? Well, uh, I, I should say at the outset that uh, Skip Gates is a friend, uh, so I may be a little biased here. Uh, I don't know all the facts. He should have stopped there, but he didn't. I think it's fair to say, number one, any of us would be pretty angry. Number two, that the Cambridge police uh, acted stupidly in arresting somebody when they, there was already proof that they were in their own home. And number three, what I think we know separate and apart from this incident, is that uh, there is a long history in this country of African Americans and Latinos uh, being stopped by law enforcement disproportionately. And that, that's just a fact. And this is where he lost the presidency and lost the country. And this set us up for what we're going through right now, I believe. Because he left out the part that disproportionately black and Hispanics commit more crime. That was very, very important. But he misled. It was a sin of omission and a big one. People, police are, are racist because they disproportionately stop black and Hispanic people. That's what the president of the United States just said. And it's wrong. It is a sin of omission, or I could call it a flat-out lie. By the way, he got into a lot of hot water about this, and the American people were incensed. And they invited the police officer and the professor for the famous beer summit. They came together, and they, they had a couple of beers. I actually thought this was kind of nice in a way. You know, talk it out. He couldn't leave it at that. Obama, in his memoir, complained that they all had to be nice to the white cop. No joke. It's in his memoir. You can look it up. So it became fashionable, powerful, politically expedient to ignore certain facts and focus on others. It gave rise to a lot of things in this country, including the hideous Black Lives Matter movement. Now, that may look nice. Wow, how righteous is that? Hmm? Beautiful picture, right? Uh, but this is what it really looked like. The horrible burning, looting, destruction. And they said that this was a peaceful protest. These were peaceful protests. 
And it led to big problems for cops on the beat and also for the communities they serve. Did you ever see this? It happened in 2021 in Ohio. Because I asked you to. No. Okay. For what? What did I do? Because I told you to. What did I do? Well, you passed the counterfeit dollar bill back. Because of lies from Barack Obama and people on the left, police have lost their authority. You're stopping me because you're racist. Oh, by the way, that man wound up dead and the police officer was shot in the head. He survived, by the way, and he's a hero. I document this in my book, which is available wherever books are sold, Justice for All, How the Left is Wrong About Law Enforcement. So, Barack Obama, two-term president, a billion dollars in the bank, private jets, goes wherever he wants, does whatever he wants, he's set. The Democrats, you got yourself Joe Biden in the White House, okay? You got yourself your empty suit, who will do whatever you want. What did the people get? We got this. Terrified children. And we have a culture ignoring the fact that perverse gender affirmation has led, most likely, to what happened in Nashville and beyond. We'll be right back. I've watched this about a dozen times. Look, it was a horrible, tragic day, but those heroes in action, performing so well and professionally and bravely. The cops, by the way, their names again, Michael Colazzo, 31 years old, a Marine veteran, SWAT team paramedic, nine years on the force. And Rex Engelbert, 27 years old, won the Department Award for Precision Policing, four years on the police force. And by the way, there were a dozen, dozens of other cops involved, but we have the names of these two and the body cam footage. Amazing. The investigation continues. Authorities did say that they do believe that gender identity, they're working off of that theory that it played a major role in all of this. And there's a document that we must see that the shooter put together that explains apparently the whole thing. In the manifesto, there's several different writings about other locations. Uh, there were locations, uh, there was uh, talks about um, the school. There was a map of the school, a drawing of how uh, potentially she would enter and the assaults that would take place. Uh, there's, it's quite a bit of uh, writing to it. I have not read the whole, the entire manifesto. Our team and the FBI has been working uh, on this. Well, we need to see it. There's plenty of pressure coming from the left for them to not release this document. That would be non-standard and unfair. Whenever we have a notorious crime and they leave behind a manifesto, we see it. Going back to the Unabomber, at least, the Unabomber had a, had a book explaining everything. Uh, we got to see it. You can find it online. The Virginia Tech Shooter. Uh, had some videos mailed to news organizations. They didn't hesitate to put those on television. In 2015, uh, the college shooting in Idaho, uh, big manifesto. More recently, 2022, the Buffalo shooting, why I did it. Now, it was mostly gibberish and all over the place, but we must see this document. It's, uh, I think it's our property at this point, and hopefully we'll get to the bottom of what happened and 
and why, although there can never really be an explanation. Hey, I tell you what, we could use some of those hero cops on duty potentially this weekend. Have you heard about this? The Trans Day of Vengeance to stop transgenocide, which is not happening, by the way. Trans Day of Vengeance. It's uh, in Washington, D.C. at 11 in the morning at SCOTUS. What is going to what is that all about? Because I see folks online and if they were MAGA, I think people would be calling the FBI and I may not have a problem with that because the way they're talking, they're looking for trouble. Trans people in Tennessee, it's time to fight. Trans allies in Tennessee, it's time to fight. Fight them. Hurt them. If they put their hands on you, beat them. You want to with anybody that's trans, you're with me. And if you with me, you know what happens to you. Hey, have a great rally, whatever you want to do, okay? Uh, no one's looking for any trouble. I'm going to be like Joe Biden here, not looking for conflict. I don't know what is going on with them, these individuals. Uh, by the way, Joe Biden, what happened in Nashville may very well have been a hate crime. I see that's readily applied just about in any other scenario, except this one. No one's talking about this Christian church massacre as a hate crime, except Senator Josh Hawley, Republican of Missouri. This murderous rampage, this taking of innocent life was a horrific crime, but more specifically, it was a hate crime. A crime that, according to Nashville police, specifically targeted, that's their word, targeted, the members of this Christian community. A serious man, and he just said something important. You want reaction from the President of the United States? Reporters often do that. So-and-so said this. Sir, your reaction. What he said is atrocious. I'm joking. I'm joking about a hate crime. I'm joking about a school shooting where children were killed. I'm joking. I'm joking. Isn't that funny? He thinks he's funny. On Monday, in the aftermath of the shooting, when the word had just gone out about it and all the networks kind of said, okay, we're going to hear from Joe Biden now. What did he do? He made jokes about ice cream. He made jokes about his sister. He made jokes about uh, good-looking boys and girls that he was looking at. Incredibly inappropriate and not a leader. Not a leader. Um, one thing he could have... You know what he said, actually? He said he didn't offer thoughts and prayers. He offered concerns and hearts. That's what we offer our concerns and hearts. Because you're not supposed to say you want to pray on occasions like this anymore. You know that? You can get yourself in trouble if you say that. Listen to this. It is time for us to move beyond thoughts and prayers. Enough. Enough thoughts and prayers. Our thoughts and prayers are not even close to enough. The best you can offer us is your thoughts and prayers. They work. If 100 million people got together and prayed, it works. The most powerful thing in the universe, they're trying to say, we don't need that. Even the preacher, that first guy, that's a preacher. 
downplaying the effectiveness and the value of prayer. We're in trouble. I hope you know, I certainly know, that prayer, God, available to anybody through this book, and in so many ways, is so powerful and so needed. Forget what the world says. Forget about it. Forget about all that junk. You know what's right. We'll be right back. Hey guys, it's Carson. Biden's America is crushing us. You've got companies laying off tens of thousands of workers one day after another. Americans working two jobs just to get by. Inflation pushing hard. Families to the brink. Hell, just look at the price of eggs. And the digital dollar could be coming down the pipeline to completely destroy our way of life. The truth is, you need a plan. You know it. I know it. And that's why I partnered with the great company Gold Co. So you can diversify your savings and investments with gold and silver before things get worse. They are six-time Inc. 500 winner, 2022 Company of the Year with thousands of five-star reviews and have helped people like you and me place over $1 billion in gold and silver. They're offering up to $10,000 in free silver while supplies last, only if you call them today. Qualified callers will get a free Ronald Reagan half-ounce silver coin, so don't wait. Call 855-735-3740, 855-735-3740. That's 855 735 3740. Well, there's Brandon Strzok, social media superstar, hero of the MAGA movement, still going strong. We want to find out. Of course, he started the Walk Away campaign, which is thriving, and uh, he has actually got a couple of new initiatives underway. We'd like to know about those and get his take on the situation in Nashville and beyond. Brandon Strzok, welcome back. How are you? I'm doing well, Greg. Thanks for having me. Bring us up to date, if you don't mind, on the Walk Away campaign and try to fit in there just that moment when you realized it was time for you to walk away from the Democrat Party. Yeah, I mean, in a nutshell, it's, you know, I was a lifelong Democrat voter who voted for Hillary Clinton in 2016. And uh, it was Donald Trump's election that actually got me asking a lot of questions and trying to figure out why on earth anybody who voted for him and why the media that I trusted had gotten it so wrong in saying that Hillary Clinton was certainly going to win in a landslide. Uh, ultimately, what I discovered after many, many months of research was that Donald Trump was not my enemy, but the media that I had been trusting, like CNN, MSNBC, The New York Times, BuzzFeed, Vice, etc., cetera, uh, they were actually all of the things they accused Trump of being, and they were, in fact, my enemy. So I decided to speak up about it, and I started a movement called Walk Away, releasing a video uh, talking about all the reasons why I was walking away from the Democratic Party and uh, creating a Facebook group encouraging other people to make video and written testimonials, which after we reached 510,000 people by January of 2021, Facebook banned. And so now we're back. I say bigger, better, stronger, and smarter than ever before with our own social media platform, Walkaway Social, which is available in the Google Play Store and the Apple App Store or walkawaysocial.com. We have thousands of people joining and once again telling their walkaway testimonials and their walk with testimonials. 
So I encourage everyone to get on Walkaway Social because it's, it's going to be the hottest thing going before you know it. Walkawaysocial.com. Is that right? Walkawaysocial.com. All right. We got a little. That's exactly right. And we have really amazing mobile apps in the uh, Google Play Store and the Apple App Store for iPhones, Androids, things like that. It's really, really cool. All right. Excellent. Um, We're glad you're not many people can say they started a movement, uh, but you have. And that's pretty, pretty impressive. Hey, I want to show you something. It was about 15 years ago. um, Members of the LGBTQ community did not call it the LGBTQ community. They called it the LGB community, lesbian, gay, and bisexual. And then it kind of metamorphosized or expanded. There was LGBT and LGBTQ and I and A and plus. And what's happening there? We talked about it earlier, but there's something uh, there's something at work here. Right. Well, I believe that the, the letters added onto the acronym began to become more and more and more extreme and more and more of it around 2015 after the Supreme Court decided that marriage equality was the law of the land. I mean, my personal philosophy is that there is such a thing as what I call the oppression industry, which is that groups like the NAACP for racial minorities or on the LGB or LGBT side, we have uh, the Human Rights Campaign or GLAD. These are uh, nonprofit organizations that stay in business by peddling the idea of the fear and oppression and uh, marginalization of minority communities. And by the time we got to 2015, and it was pretty clear that marriage equality was going to be the law of the land, according to the Supreme Court, a lot of these LGBT organizations had to find a way to stay in business. And the only way to do that was to find a new victim class of people. And that's why they started encouraging more and more people to identify as trans and bending inside and out what the definition of transgender actually is. That's why we now hear about things like gender fluid, gender queer, non-binary, people who have are neither male nor female, they're both or they're neither. And then they go out and they say, well, all oh, these people are being victimized because we don't want uh, you know, third graders, kindergartners, first and second graders being taught that they can change their gender or that they can go on puberty blockers or start taking hormones. How offensive, send more money, send more money. It's an industry. It's an industry telling people that they're oppressed and that's why they're trying to come up with more and more victim classes of people. Now. You have started a movement. That is a movement. Um, You know movements. It seems like they're winning in a way. It seems like, you know, they're gaining momentum. And when they yell and scream and shout, like, do me a favor, play cut nine, if you don't mind. Cut nine. You actually said both of you guys. Right beforehand, you said, sir. Sir? Mother take it outside. If you want to call me sir again, I will show you a sir. I apologize. Mother I thought you were a dude. Oh, my bad. It's not the right on my seat. I didn't know that. Sorry, sir. Ma'am, I mean. Ma'am. Get the out of here! Get the out of here! You know, I used to think these were just silly videos on, on, on Twitter or whatever, and uh, somebody having a freak out, and it was, to be honest, slightly amusing. Now I see something a bit more sinister at work, and it's an effort to enhance their power and to make them seem unassailable, really, you know what I mean? And, and, and to give cover to their really noxious and dangerous ideas pertaining to children and to intimidate people. Right, but I think that the reason why you feel like they're winning is because for a long time, conservatives fell asleep at the wheel and they started allowing these different groups, these radical groups to take over very key and important institutions in our society. Uh, things like academia, things like the entertainment industry, and most recently, and I think most frightening, the criminal justice system. 
I mean, when you look at things like uh, the DOJ and the FBI, when they're going and kicking down doors and rounding up 67 and 70 year old women who went to a MAGA rally, while uh, right now they're the transgender radical transgender movement is planning a trans day of vengeance in Washington, D.C., which they're still allowed to do, by the way. This event is still taking place this Saturday. I call it a transurrection. Uh, I believe that they're currently planning a transurrection in Washington, D.C., but the FBI doesn't seem to pay any attention to that whatsoever. But the good news, Greg, is that conservatives have woken up. They're paying attention now. And now I think that we're everyone's realizing we have to get involved, fight back. Everybody has to fight back against this radical agenda in this country. Brandon Strzok, please go to walkawaysocial.com. Regarding Saturday, yeah, we heard about the Trans Day of Violence. We hope it's safe and everybody obeys the law. And, uh, yeah, hope no trouble down there. Brandon Strzok, we appreciate it so much. To be continued, and we'll be right back. All right, everybody, everybody is smoking weed. I mean, not everybody, but more people than ever before. And did you know it's more powerful than ever before? I don't think we have any idea what we're doing as a society, what the long-term implications, short-term implications. Everybody's high. I'd like to bring in our panel, Mark Simone, iHeartRadio talk show host and political commentator, and Kevin Sabet. He is the president and CEO of Smart Approaches to Marijuana. He worked in the drug czar's office under George W. Bush. Welcome to you both. Uh, listen, Kevin, I hate this stuff. I tried it three times a long time ago. Big, big, big mistake. But it's everywhere now, and I think we're in a crisis. Am I wrong? No, you're not. I mean, this is not your granddaddy's weed, let alone your your older brother's weed. Uh, this is something that is so much more powerful than it used to be. And that's why every major medical association opposes this. And and I worked in the Bush administration. I also worked for Democrats. I worked even in the Obama administration for even longer. And I'll tell you that we knew and we saw the science. And it was very clear to us that this was dangerous, that we should discourage its use. And people getting on the bandwagon for legalization are either doing it to just try and be cool or they're doing it because they want to make money. Um, this is big business. Uh, it's big tobacco all over again. And, and we're walking right into it uh, at the expense of our kids. And you're walking right into it. You smell it everywhere. Mark Simone, especially in cities all across America, in New York, I see, you know, businessmen <laughs> at 11 in the morning smoking weed. Uh, that's a brand new thing. I hate to ruin my image, but I, I don't like this stuff. I have no, I have no use for any of these drugs. But you cannot stand anywhere in the streets in Manhattan yeah. and try to talk to somebody without that smell overtaking you. You know, uh, Bloomberg, when he was the mayor, spent years trying to get rid of cigarettes because he was so worried about secondhand smoke. Now it's secondhand marijuana smoke, and it's everywhere. I, I want nothing to do with this drug, but if you just walk down the street, by the end of the block, you're like Charlie Sheen. You've had so much marijuana. <laughs> well, actually, on that... Is secondhand marijuana smoke yeah. a danger, uh, Kevin? Is that does that pose any risk? Can you can you get high off of that? Huge risk. It actually poses more of a risk than tobacco secondhand smoke from the new research and what we call thirdhand smoke, being in places where marijuana smoke was, like in the fibers in a carpet or in the walls or whatnot. That also affects people. And actually, sadly, it's the poor uh, uh, among us and those living in public housing. There was a huge NYCHA study showing that uh, kids are just reporting it on a daily basis as part of them growing up. This is going to have huge implications for the future, for workforce readiness, for mental health, for, you 
you know, just our ability to compete as a country for cognition. Uh, this is not a Republican. It's not a Democratic issue. This is a issue that it result is a human issue. It's an issue for our future and our kids. And I really hope people like Mike Bloomberg and others will step up and, and counter this the way they've countered smoking, because otherwise it's for nothing. Uh, why did we counter smoking tobacco if we're going to just roll the red carpet out for today's high potency? You know, I, I don't hear any, Mark, I'm, I'm not hearing anybody, you know, I hear people complain about it who smell it, uh, but there seems to be no concerted, there's no outrage. I mean, people are fentanyl and stuff like that. We're at a kind of a crisis over that stuff. People still perceive marijuana as being kind of lighter and not as harmful. No, it's, you know, 35 years ago, the government was running ads everywhere. Just say no. Just say no. Now they're trying to sell you the drugs. Now they're <laughs> passing them out. It's just horrible. And uh, they want us drugged up and they, uh, you know, filling the streets with crime. Drugs. I, I don't know what the overall plot or plan is right. here, but it's not good. Well, maybe if you're right, high, no you're one... more you're more compliant. You know, you're you're exactly. more you're more. Hey, Kevin, if you don't mind, you said early on, I think that the medical the medical industry, the, not the industry, but medical authorities say this is not good. But I yeah. always hear people saying, oh, medical marijuana, medical marijuana, medical marijuana. Can you um, square that for us, please? Medical marijuana is is a marketing term. It's marijuana by popular vote. Uh, we don't vote on medicines in this country. The last time I checked, uh, and so why we would vote or think a governor, you know, as smart as they might be, would know what a medicine is and approve that over our scientific process? It makes no sense. Um, essentially, what what they what the legalization movement did is use the word medical uh, to just make this a lot more, uh, you know, common and a lot more accepted, and that's a huge problem. Um, the reality is there are components of marijuana that have medical value, but that doesn't make it right for everybody. And so we have to make that distinction. Kevin Sabet from Smart Approaches to Marijuana. Check out Learn About SAM, learnaboutsam.org. And Mark Simone, check him out on iHeartRadio, either on the radio or in podcast form. It's amazing content. Hey, one thing about one thing about Joe Biden, he says he's never had a drink and he's never smoked a cigarette and he's never tried marijuana. It's actually interesting. Like three of the last four presidents never touched yeah. this stuff. And he yeah. looks more stoned than any of us. <laughs> and yes, clearly, clearly. All right, Kevin Sabet, will you thank you very much? And Mark, uh, thank, thank you. you. And we'll be right back. Well, I'm very concerned. And I'm concerned that they get this straight. They cannot continue down this road. And uh, I've sort of made that clear. I'm hopeful. Hopefully, uh, the prime minister will act in a way that he can try to work out some genuine compromise. But that remains to be seen. Are you inviting the prime minister to the White House? No. Not not in the near term. No, no, no. Israel, American Israel, best friends until this guy showed up and screwed it up big time. Netanyahu is having some. Mm, Domestic issues, okay? Something he wants to do with the court system. It's actually not as radical as some are portraying. But Joe Biden has to cave to the left, essentially. The left hates Israel. And uh, say, no more, no more invitations. You can't come to lunch. Can't do, can't do any more sleepovers. It's a bad move. But this is typical from the left. Obama despised Netanyahu. 
You can often see it. And I don't think Netanyahu was too crazy about Obama. Yet, Trump and Netanyahu and Israel, I mean, it was no greater friend did Israel have than in America with Donald Trump as president. And I hope we get this thing straightened out very, very quick. All right. A uh, little bit of fake news. Did you see some of the headlines in the aftermath of Nashville? Look at this. Former Christian school student kills three children, three staff in Nashville shooting. Look at how they characterize it. Former Christian school student. That's a mass murderer. And they're trying to tarnish the mass murderer, not with a killing, but with the Christian School Association. That's how I and a lot of other people look at it. Let's see how some media cover other mass shooters. And this was in Buffalo. Remember that last year? Racist attack in Buffalo store called Pure Evil. And I'm not going to argue with any of that. Now, they tried to make it a right wing thing because apparently he saw a rerun of Tucker Carlson. But his manifesto made no sense. He hated everybody, left, right, green. It was made no sense. Like most of these guys make no sense. Compare that to the Daily News and how they characterize six murdered at school. That's it. Six murdered at school. By whom? And no one is talking about that transgender identity situation, which the police said they're acting on the theory that that may have played a role in this case. But those headlines side by side, you see what I'm talking about, right? The, they're both pure evil. Oh, by the way, OK, I have no problem with the first headline. But how about you see how they try to kind of whitewash this thing? They do it in so many ways. And it really comes through in moments like this. Um, take a look at how they characterize Mass shootings, right? Mass shootings, which are horrible, and they happen all the time, but they're leaving a big part out. We have had more than 130 mass shootings in the first quarter of this year. There have been 130 mass shootings alone this year. We've had 130 mass shootings so far this year. That is the highest uh, going back uh, over the last six years. All right. There... They're trying to make you think that these school shootings happen all the time, and they don't. They're rare. That's why everybody is still talking about Nashville. Have there been 130 Nashvilles? No. A mass shooting is any time, I believe, three or more are shot, wounded, or killed. Now, that happens, unfortunately, all the time in, how do we say this, in traditional criminal activity. Take a look at some of this, these headlines. 14 shot, including three children, in drive-by shooting in Chicago. Now, I say traditional, but drive-bys have been around for a long time now, right? And often they are fueled by gang activity, drugs. It's become a part of life. Um, a school shooting, on the other hand, is still unthinkable. We still think that children should be safe in school. Late at night on a street corner when there are drugs involved, it's it's I'm sorry, but it's easier to get your head around than something like this. And they're deliberately trying to confuse the situation. Bad, bad news. They're literally bad news and fake news at the same time. Be right back. Thanks a lot. And I'll see you tomorrow.